0: Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1402. What to do when nothing else is working. Fitness and life advice by Matt McLeod of mattmcleod.org. And I'm Dr. Neil. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily or welcome for the first time if you're new here. This is the podcast where I act as your very own personal narrator and read to you from some of the most popular health and fitness blogs online. Now for a lot more blogs being narrated for you, check out Optimal Living Daily. You can search and find that podcast wherever you're listening to this. And with that, let's jump right in and hear today's article as we optimize your life. What to Do When Nothing Else is Working, Fitness and Life Advice by Matt McLeod of mattmcleod.org. I recently reached out to one of my internet mentors and buddy, Mike Vacanti, with this question, quote, ever had rough patches where a couple of clients fell off and client applications are really dry? I know July and August can be slow, but doing my best to stay patient and stay the course. Thanks, bro. Heart emoji, end quote. Yep, this is me openly sharing with you I was struggling with getting new coaching clients and feeling super anxious about it. That's right. I've got feelings of worry, anxiety, and self-loathing just like you do, my friend. These feelings can be related to fitness struggles. It could be when you look in the mirror while working out or when in your bathing suit at a public pool. These scenarios are already bad enough, but there's one element that can make them way worse. When you have these negative emotions pop up and you've been working hard for months, You know what I'm talking about. Let's say you picked a goal of losing 20 pounds and increased strength on the main lifts. You probably saw some solid results in the beginning. Your weight was coming down. Your motivation was high. Heck, maybe you even noticed a new striation or vein in your shoulder. Feeling good about this, you told yourself, and then a few weeks or even a few months passed and progress started to slow a little bit. You're still hitting the gym and eating healthy meals most days, but the weight isn't dropping as fast. The gym is slowly starting to become a chore, and now you may feel kind of soft and flat with your shirt off. These sharp realizations start to poke hold into your motivation stores. You start questioning what you're doing and try something new. It works for a couple of days, but eh, right back to minimal progression. Screw it, you declare. Nothing's working anyway, so hello, pizza, ice cream, and midnight cinnamon rolls. If you don't have anybody holding you accountable, it's very easy to self-rationalize out of doing the hard stuff, like resisting that screw it moment, especially long-term. If you're lucky, this only lasts a weekend or so, and you get it out of your system enough to start back again on Monday. If this sounds even remotely familiar, you better keep on listening, because boy, I've got some solid strategies for you to apply ASAP. Strategy number one, track everything. For some reason, the idea of tracking scares people. I have two guesses why. One, people assume it's too tedious, and two, people are afraid of exposing the shortcomings. There's likely some merit to each of these, but the benefits of tracking heavily outweigh the downsides. But let's entertain this idea that tracking is too tedious. First off, those touting this excuse have likely never tracked before in their entire life. College is tedious. Learning how to drive a car is tedious. Figuring out how to launch a car into space is probably tedious. Tracking your calories, protein, and what you do in the weight room each day is not tedious. What about exposing shortcomings? The reason I love tracking so much is because it provides emotionless, objective data for problem solving. Case in point, you start weighing yourself each morning after a month off, and you realize you're heavier than when you weighed yourself last month. To be very simplistic but blunt, eat less and or move more. You're not in a calorie deficit because you're eating more than you're burning. But Matt, uh, the scale makes me obsessive and gives me anxiety. Look, I understand many people have issues with the scale and I'm not trying to poke fun either, but some people make these excuses to avoid execution. Do you have to do it this way? No, there are other ways. If it truly drives you crazy, try a habit-based approach and educate yourself on why the scale fluctuates. If you realize the scale is only one tool, You could use monthly pictures, body measurements, the fit of your clothes, your energy level, your confidence level. Those are all other tools. Of providing feedback and not a predictor of self-worth, you would likely make much quicker progress. The research also supports this. Here's a quote from a 2011 meta-analysis. Quote, In the weight gain prevention trial, only daily weighing was associated with weight losses and less frequent weighing was associated with weight gain. However," In the weight loss trial, monthly, weekly, and daily self-weighing were associated with weight losses. More frequent self-weighing was associated with a greater 24-month weight loss, End quote. Not stepping on the scale gives it power over you. What if you started to get high blood pressure and you told your doctor, nah, it hurts my feelings when I see the number increasing. I don't wanna check it. That sounds ridiculous, right? Your doctor would say it's a vital part of the process. Thus, pony up. Tell your emotions to take a hike and let's be adults by taking care of our health. The short-term pain of tedious tracking will be worth the long-term happiness of continual progression. Logic is greater than your feelings. Strategy number two, hire a coach who knows what they're doing. I'll keep this one short because I know you're expecting me to pitch you, so you'll probably skip over it anyway. I've had four coaches in the past five years, two for bodybuilding competitions and two for business. I spent thousands of dollars on these coaches. Why? Because I care about time. Time is more valuable than anything else because it's irreplaceable. Plain and simple, a good coach can help you shave off years of screw-ups and confusion. They've already done exactly what you're trying to accomplish, hopefully. But a great coach can change your life and through osmosis, change the lives of every person you come in contact with. You may think a coach is only gonna help you make a workout plan and eat healthier. Sure, a not-so-great one would do that, but not here, dude. We become BFFs for life and trudge through Mordor like Frodo and Sam. Strategy number three, focus on the process, not the results. Remember when I emailed Mike at the beginning of this article? Well, here was his response. Quote, course, homie. It's random and cyclical. Focus on process more than results. You can control the process. Can't control results in the short run. Heart you. End quote. I already knew the answer in my head, but it felt good to hear from someone else who has been in my shoes. We can get so eager to accomplish our dream goals, yet underestimate how long it can take to reach them. Just like the aforementioned goal of losing 20 pounds, we get discouraged when it's been six months and we've only lost 10. This can tank our motivation and we might even give up altogether. But if we shifted our thinking from the outcome, lose 20 pounds, to the process, the daily systems to reach that outcome, we narrow down our focus. So do this instead. Break that process down, like really down. You can even set goals by the minute when things get hard. One of my favorite quotes is by Tom Peters. Quote, excellence is not an aspiration. Excellence is the next five minutes, End quote. Or this one by the legendary philosopher Seneca. Quote, putting things off is the biggest waste of life. It snatches away each day as it comes and denies us the present by promising the future. The greatest obstacle to living is expectancy, which hangs upon tomorrow and loses today. The whole future lies in uncertainty. Live immediately. End quote. All we have is now. Whether we like it or not, now is all we can control. Accept this and embrace the only possible next step to break through your plateau is action. You just listened to the post titled, what to do when nothing else is working. Fitness and Life Advice by Matt McLeod of mattmcleod.org. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Anytime you feel like you're off track or stuck, one of the best things you can do is start tracking your behavior. And I've said that so many times on this show. And this is not my opinion. There are a number of studies that have shown that those who track their behaviors typically reach their goals. Why? Well, it's because it automatically forces you to self-correct. When you track your behaviors, if your behaviors don't match where you want to be, your endpoint, then you'll really quickly self-adjust you'll start to recalibrate your behavior so that it goes back in line with your ultimate goal. When we don't do that and we just rely on our memories, for example, or rely on how we think we look in the mirror, well, those methods for checking on our progress are flawed. They're not as good as actually writing things down. And we're learning that you'll be more likely to reach your goal when you actually write your goal down too. So here's the ideal plan. Write down your goal at the top of a sheet of paper. And we're finding, yes, writing seems to make more connections in the brain than if you typed it on a computer. Then below that, outline what behaviors you need to do in order to get to that goal. If it's losing 20 pounds, as Matt explained, then you've got to write down what behaviors you're going to do to get to that result. And yeah, you can put the no-duh behaviors like eat fewer calories and exercise more, but I would say be even more specific than that how are you going to eat fewer calories each day? You might have to write something down like, I won't have that soda with my evening meal. For exercising more, you may have to say, I'm going to walk three times this week for at least 30 minutes, provided that's more than what you do now. By setting very clear behavioral goals like this, you'll be able to really easily see whether you're on track to meet your overarching goal of losing 20 pounds. You'll be able to look at your list and just go, did I have my soda last night or didn't I? Yes or no, makes it really easy. Did I walk three times for 30 minutes this week? Yes or no? And if you can do those things consistently and monitor when you're off track or on track, I promise that goal will be achieved. All right, that'll do it for today. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back here tomorrow as usual. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.